applause. Um, it brings me back a long way, so uh, I always have to bow. <laughs> well, glory to God. I am uh, so honored to be uh, invited to stand behind this pulpit. Um, I take it as a great honor and a great responsibility to present the Word of God. And uh, I love my pastors, all of them, wherever they are. <laughs> So as you know, we are looking at triumphing over the spirit of fear. And one of the very first things that you note if you read that scripture is that it is a spirit of fear that can come over you. And, and tonight's message, if you're taking notes, uh, I call it worry wart or faith flyer. And um, our key text is 2 Timothy 1.7. If you want to turn there, Second Timothy one seven. God bless you. <laughs> For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And that power, love, and a sound mind—that that means a calm well-balanced and disciplined, self-controlled mind. And so I'm going to talk to you tonight about worry. Anybody acquainted with that particular word, worry? Um, you know, worry is a sin. Yes. We don't look at it that way. We kind of think of it as being quite normal. But really, the Word of God in Philippians 4, 6 says, do not fret, that means trouble, vex, or bother, or have any anxiety, that's worry, concern, apprehension, about anything. Now that makes it pretty doggone clear to me that if I'm going to worry about something, I'm going against the commandment of God. And um, we are supposed to bring it in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, to make our known, known, wants known to God. And so the result of that is God's peace. Everybody wants God's peace, right? Okay. And that's the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. So fearing nothing, God's peace transcends all understanding and shall mount guard and garrison over our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And that word salvation is soteria or sozo, and that means safety, healing, preservation, salvation, and soundness. Whether that soundness needs to be in your mind or in your body or in your soul, God has provided it for us as born-again believers. Now, when I was growing up, my mother was the champion of warriors. And so I learned how to worry. You sit in your rocking chair, and you take your little quilt or whatever, and you start thinking on all the bad things in your life. How am I going to feed my daughter? Where's the food going to come from? Oh, where, where am I going to get the money to pay the rent next week? Oh, oh, 
and what about this heart of mine? Is it really going to function for the rest of my life, or is it going to conk out early on me? Oh, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, and then the devil comes in, and he gives you more anxiety, and you, you start wrapping everything up, and you start rocking faster because you're thinking all the horrible things that are going through your head. Suppose I die tomorrow. Suppose I die and have to leave my dog behind. Or, or what? You know, and you, your mind goes crazy, and then you become what we call fight or flight. And your body takes on all these uh, ungodly kind of things, you know, where you're supposed to be in peace and have serotonin. You now have stress and, and you're in anxiety and your functioning body is not functioning very well because you're listening to all of this stuff that's coming in and you're worried and you're, you know, anxious. So I learned how to do that, too. And so then one day, I mean, my mother was always worried about my brother. (laughs) Where is he tonight? Is he out with that gang? Is he going to get thrown in jail? Is he going to rob a car? You know, all the what ifs that uh, probably weren't even anything on the agenda in my brother's life or mind. But nevertheless, she was a worrier, and I learned to worry right along with her. What am I going to wear? I mean, we didn't have hardly any money, uh, you know. So um, most of my clothes came from the Salvation Army, where she later got a job, and so she could pick the best of the stuff that was coming in. So I was the best dressed Salvation Army dresser in all of my school, you know. So. But, you know, when you're in that fight-or-flight syndrome, the devil roars even louder, and, and your immune system drops, and in comes stress, depression, no energy, fatigue, lethargy, fear. And Joyce Myers said, I heard her say this one time, worry is like a rocking chair. It's always in motion but it never gets you anywhere. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so um, as I would sit in the the chair or look out the window and all these thoughts would come through my head, you know, uh, from the devil. Didn't know it was the devil. I thought it was my own thoughts. Um, One day I received the Lutheran periodical, and that came out monthly. And this particular time, it really caught my eye. I want you to turn to Matthew 6. It's in my Bible. Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? I think so. I think so. Now look at the birds. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? 
And so I looked at the picture. This is from when I was about 12 years old. I've kept it all these years, and I still have it hanging up in my house. And at that time, when I was about 12, I hung it on my wall next to my bed. Consider the lilies of the field, how they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. Therefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cut down and thrown into the fire, shall he not so much more clothe you? O oh, ye of little faith, ooh, not me! Therefore, take no thought. You have to take thoughts, you know. They don't just float by. And if you let them float by, it's okay. But if you take it, you've got it. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. That was news to me. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So I asked, what is the kingdom of God? What is righteousness? Ah, but if I would seek that, even if I don't know what it is, God will show me. And then all these things shall be added unto me. So I don't have to get over here and rock about where is my clothes going to come from? Am I going to look funny in school compared to the other girls? Um, is the butcher man going to stop giving us meat because we can't pay the bill? Uh, is the rent going to come in even though they're raising it and they won't paint the apartment for us? I learned. I learned. Consider the lilies of the field, how they toil not. Hallelujah. So after a while, my mom began to say, Gotten Himmel, Gotten Himmel, Gotten Himmel, God in heaven will take care of us. I said, He will. He will. That's what that word says. He will take care of us, Gotten Himmel. He will provide for us. You know, we didn't start out uh, born as warriors. Worry is a progressive work of the devil. And he gets you to thinking about the problem, and it gets magnified. And that's how you're taking the thought, while the answer gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So what has happened? You, me, have given place to the devil. You have given the place to the devil where the word of God belongs. And you've been meditating on the devil's power to hurt you instead of God's power to deliver. Somebody, I have no idea who he is, I have his name, but he said, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system. And we know from the Bible that he who has a happy heart a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, 
I heard Don Colbert one time say, everybody has to have 10 belly laughs a day. And that will be the equivalent of, I don't know, an hour of walking on the treadmill or something like that. So I try very hard to laugh. <laughs> Uh, a belly laugh, not just, <laughs> you know, like an Ivan Tate laugh, all right? And uh, it's healthy for you, and it boosts your immune system. So now go to Ephesians 4. Verse 27. Because I want to talk to you about the right plan to overcome fear. And the right plan is knowing and acting on the truth of the word of God. Ephesians 4.27. Ephesians 4.27. I got the wrong scripture. No, I got the wrong book. Ephesians 4, 27. <laughs> um, let's look at 26. Be angry and do not sin. Hmm. That was news to me. But anyway, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. And so anger, unbelief, sin, and worry gives a foothold to the devil. And that word place, give no place, in, in the Greek is tobas, T-O-B-A-S. And it actually means an opportunity, a power. So we're not to give the devil an opportunity in our lives to bring fear or doubt. And the devil's going to strive very hard, in case you haven't noticed that, to influence your mind through your five senses. Your sight, your hearing, your taste, your touch, and your smell. Do you have the overhead up there on fear? That's, that's the next one. That's cute, though. I like that. Okay, fear. False evidence appearing real. You know, you can see something and not, not uh, have to believe that your toe is broken or your foot is broken or you're going to get cancer or anything. Fear is false evidence appearing real. And so the devil uh, actually tries to bring these thoughts into your mind, the what-ifs, I'm not going to make it, uh, we're, we're going to go down like in the Titanic. No, we are not. We are not going down. Fear is actually misplaced faith. And we have a covenant right to walk free of fear. We can either validate what our senses say over here and dwell on the giants in the land, or we can validate God's word and believe for what he has said for us, because his word is truth. Amen. And Romans 12, 2 tells us that we are not to be conformed to this world. But what? But be transformed. How? by the renewing of our mind. Why? So that you can prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Conform means fashioned according to the world, the Babylonian system that after all these centuries is still in existence in our world. And renewing is sort of like a rev, uh, rev how do you say that word? Revelation, revelation, R-E-N-O-V-A-T-I. Thank you. Just, where was that? Who said that? Oh, bless you. <laughs> okay, that means like you take out all the old junk, the old scraps, and you put in all new. You take out all the junk and put in all new. You can't have faith where there is fear. And you can't have fear where there is faith. And so fear is bondage. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Hallelujah. I don't have to sit over here and worry. Now I can just rock grandchildren and be happy. <laughs> of course, they're getting a little old now, but anyway, <laughs> it was a good place. And uh, you did not receive that spirit. When you were born again, whatever junk was in there was wiped off the slate. And you received the spirit of adoption. Hallelujah into the body of Christ, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That's our daddy. Abba, Father. We've been adopted. We've been grafted in. Hallelujah. So the two laws that we spoke very briefly about last week, uh, the spiritual realm for believers and believers, these two laws work whether they're believers or unbelievers. The law of the Spirit of Christ in Christ Jesus has what? Made us free from the law of sin and death. And what is the law of sin and death? Everything the devil wants to throw at you because he has said, uh, or God has said he came to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So everything else the good stuff is all from God. And it's our choice. Are we going to stay over here in the land when we see the promises over here, but because there are giants over here, we're afraid to go in over here and pursue God and receive his righteousness working in our lives? The choice is ours. Captivity or freedom. We can give the enemy permission to come by the words that we speak and what we allow our minds to think on. Or we can deny him access. Anything contrary to what we see or think, uh, we can deny that. Fear cannot usurp the authority that we have been given when our faith is activated. Your thought life determines your destiny. Your thought life determines your destiny. So wherever you are now, if you're having a rough time with your thought life and your destiny looks like it's 
not anywhere. You can change that by changing the fear thoughts that come into the word of God that will replace the fear with faith. Your life will always follow your thoughts, whether they're positive or negative. So watch what you say. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Hallelujah. You know, after I learned about consider the lilies of the field and and seeking for righteousness and that he's going to take care of everything for me and I'm not going to starve and I'm not going to look like somebody from the poorhouse because God's going to pay our rent and he's going to feed us and he's going to make sure that the shoes still stay on my feet and I don't outgrow them so I'm walking like a little cripple. No, 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 no. I learned, and this is Psalm 91 out of the Message Bible, you who sit down in the high God's presence spend the night in Shaddai's shadow saying this God you're my refuge hallelujah I trust in you and I'm safe that's right he rescues me from hidden traps and he shields me from deadly hazards and so a long time ago when I was uh, aware of a snare that the devil had set for me and that I kept falling into. I asked the Holy Spirit to give me an early warning system so that when the devil was going to come with that snare, I'd be aware of it and be able to escape. And from that day to this, whenever he has tried, and he's kind of given up by now on that particular one. Anyway, I had an early warning system. It's coming. I said, oh, Okay, no, you don't, devil. You're not putting that on me. So what do I do? I run to his huge, outstretched arms that protect me. And under them, I am perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing. Not wild wolves in the night, or coyotes, or people banging on your doors or mobs in the street, or gunshots that you hear, or the news that you watch. Fear nothing. Not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, nor disaster that erupts at high noon. Glory to God means I'm safe. If I abide in him and his words abide in me, I can not only say what I ask for or want, but I can believe that because of that, I have total protection. And I plead the blood of Jesus over myself, over my family. Do we have faith up there? Yes, faith is forward advancement in the heat of battle. It's pretty easy to have faith when things are going along really well. But when the 
tough times come and you really need to have your faith, you want to make sure you don't have false evidence appearing real, but you want to make sure you forward advancement in the heat of battle, and you do that by the word of God. Faith is the supernatural result of knowing and believing who Jesus is and what he has done and what he will do for you. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same Jesus Christ that I knew when I was a little kid as he is today. And I'm hoping to know him better and better every day of my life. So how do we make forward advancement in the heat of battle? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like to say it this way, 11.1 in Hebrews. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That adds more power to it because I'm believing now that even though I can't see it yet, I will see it. That's faith. And it's another part of the right plan of triumphing over fear. Knowing the truth. What is truth? Well, Pilate said that to Jesus, didn't he? And truth was standing right in front of him. And he didn't recognize it. But the Bible tells us that the truth is integrity and reality of the word. When you believe this word, when you speak this word, it is the same as if Jesus was speaking the word through you. And it is powerful. It is awesome. It will demoralize the devil when you speak the word of God against him. John 8, 32. John 8, 32. Okay, let's read 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed. So there were Jews that believed in Jesus. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. How many in this room are his disciples and abide in his word? So you could say since instead of if. Since you abide in my word and you are my disciples indeed. A disciple is someone that follows after him, who sits under the word, who, who reads the word, who fellowships with God. That's a disciple. 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth of God's word will put to naught every lying sentence that the devil has tried to put on and over and in your mind. The truth is what will set you free. The ESV version says, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. 
no doubt about it, and the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. That word know, K-N-O-W, also known, knowledge, unknown, is a Greek word, ginosko, G-I-N-O-S-K-O, ginosko. And it means to be taking in knowledge, to come to know, to recognize, to understand, to completely understand. That's good news. That is very good news. Because if you don't know, like I didn't know, what's righteousness? What is the kingdom of God? The Bible says that if you are born again, you can come to know what it talks about. You can come to know, recognize, and understand completely when you were born again. It's a process. The spirit of truth has come and liberated you. It has set you free, delivered you from the spirit of fear. Let's say that. I am delivered from the spirit of fear. Yeah. Holy Spirit has come to live on the inside of us. The power of God, the might of God, the nature of God, everything that God is, ever was, ever will be, is on the inside of us because we are the born-again children of God. There's nothing that's wrong on the inside of us with the Spirit of God on the inside of us. If we will listen to him, hearken to the voice of the word, then we will totally be set free from every kind of infirmity, every kind of sickness, every kind of fear, every kind of doubt, because we don't have to sit in the rocking chair and worry over what's happening in our lives, because we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, and with the Spirit of God on the inside of us, we do not have to fear. We do not have to give into sin because sin has no dominion over us anymore. Fear has no dominion over us anymore. No matter what area, and I've had a few areas, a lot of areas where I have had to deal with this. Like, am I going to die on the mission field? No. I'm coming home. Hallelujah. Pastor taught me that. Fear is not the truth, for the devil is the father of lies. Amen? And and the spirit of truth, when he comes, he's going to tell us about Jesus. Hallelujah. Didn't he tell you about Jesus when he came on the inside of you? That's his job, to reveal who Jesus is and speak the truth. And he hears from the Father to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, to us. Got it? There's a chain of authority there. From God the Father, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, to us. And when we speak the word of God, you might as well just know that you're blowing the devil away. Faith. Forward advancement in the heat of battle. Anybody here? Ever been in the heat of battle? It's been harder to keep your faith at that time, hasn't it? Unless you're pastor, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you has a plan and a purpose and a reason for you to be here at this time. And I don't mean necessarily in this church assembly, but to have been born for such a time as this. I used to ask the Lord when I heard all this stuff going on, and I'd been prophesied over from the beginning, uh, hand time, end time handmaiden, rivers of living water are going to flow out of you. You're going to touch people all over the world, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And the first opportunity I had to go over the, to the other part of the world, I was like, ah! <laughs> But God said, I have victory over fear. Fear and sin will not dominate me. In Jesus' name. And so the purpose that I was born, you were born, at such a time as this, is to fulfill God's plan in your life. You have to cooperate with God, find out what he's doing, and see if he wants you involved in it. He'll guide you through all the words of the Bible. And so when those thoughts come in, the thoughts that are wrong, you can reject them. You can say, no, I don't receive that thought. And Jesus will give you the right word. The Holy Spirit within will pull up the right word if you're abiding in the word and the word is abiding in you. Jesus is our freedom and there is no freedom apart from Jesus. John 8:36 If the son makes you free you shall be free indeed Amen. Hallelujah You've already been delivered from fear You just need to act like it Amen. You need to use the weapons that have been given to you uh, to use against the enemy. What are they? Well, you know what they are. Uh, there's the blood. Hallelujah. There's the word. Praise God. There's the name. Hallelujah. And Jesus. Those are the weapons that have been given to us to use against the enemy. And just as surely as we have been delivered from sin, we have been delivered from sickness. We have been delivered from poverty. And so we have been set free from fear. It shall not dominate me. As long as I recognize when it's coming. And I take authority over it. The mission God has given you and this church is greater than anything you will ever encounter. Keep the faith in God's word, and it will answer and annihilate all fear. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. And it's time to use your monopoly get-out-of-jail card. If you've been in bondage, you need to recognize it, call it for what it is, Repent, ask God to forgive you, take the word of God and replace it with the fear that is coming in. The word of God is power. The word of God produces life. The word of God defeats the devil. 
and sets us free. Hallelujah. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you and me completely and make our whole spirit, soul, and mind and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I hope you got something out of that. And uh, I know we're quitting a little early. Uh, I guess the preach anointing came on me, so it was a little faster than usual. Um, but don't forget to consider the lilies of the field. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord. James and I went snow skiing last um, Christmas season, and I had an injury. Um, our last day of skiing, I fell down and really injured my right knee. But I didn't have time for an injury. I was in school. So I just prayed and went on, and I could tell... Um, that something just wasn't right in my knee. So now that I'm past school and past vacation and started working, I decided to go to the doctor. And the doctor said, well, let me get an x-ray. I said, okay. Because I can walk up and down stairs, and every now and then if I move, I don't know, a certain way, I feel discomfort. And I know that something, I'm ready to go ahead and fix whatever it is. And so I... Um, went to the doctor. He said, let's get an x-ray. So after the x-ray, he said, it looks like you have a torn meniscus and a torn ACL. We're going to get an MRI. I said, okay. So I scheduled an MRI for the following week. And I said in my heart, nah, ain't happening. So went and did his MRI. And um, they called me up and said, yeah, it looks like you, you know, have some injuries, he wants to see you, your ACL is torn in your meniscus. And I said, well, I'll come in and see him. And I said, nah, it ain't happening. So the day before um, I was supposed to go into to the follow-up after the MRI, I went up for prayer. And um, um, Almeida and Peter, were, we prayed and we said our faith that God's report's bigger so when I went into his office, he had already seen the MRI results and everything. And he said, well, you know, I thought you had a meniscus tear, but I don't, I don't really think it's torn. And your ACL, well, we'll just, we'll just call it like a hairline tear. It's not like a complete tear. And I thought, and he said, we can't. I said, I'm not having surgery. He said, well... At your age, I said, you are really not going there, are you? (laughs) 
he said, well, at our age, you know, I mean, as long as you're getting around okay and everything, you know, it, it should be fine. I said, I'm not having surgery. He said, well, I'll tell you what, let's put you in physical therapy and see how that works. I said, okay. So I went started physical, I went on Monday of this week, and um, the guy doing physical therapy, he said, I don't know what to put down for your diagnosis. I can't find something wrong with your knee. <laughs> I said, well, I'm, I know that the Lord is healing my knee. And I told him, I said, I went up for prayer the day before. I said, and God did a miracle. I said, so basically now we're just working on strengthening the muscles because I guess Hildy's teaching on fear because the concern of I don't want to do such and such to re-injure or something like that. So I've been... Kind of, and so I'm just believing God for. So I've been compensating, and so I'm just going to strengthen the muscles. And the Lord healed my meniscus and ACL. Praise the Lord. All right, Sharon. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, guys. Well, we will cut you loose and uh, see you on Sunday morning. All right. Be blessed. Have a wonderful balance of the week. Amen. Him.